One in six men in Australia are at risk of developing prostate cancer by the age of 85. And besides skin cancer, prostate cancer is the most common cancer in Australian men. There's about 19,000 new cases in Australia every year. So when's the last time you had a prostate check? And more generally, how many health checkups did you do during COVID in last year in 2020? Well, how many did you miss? I definitely know that I'm backed up with a few routine health checks that I need to get done. But can you sort out a prostate check at home? How far can telehealth go? Today, we're chatting with Eric Leckie from Online Prostate Physiotherapy. We're going to explore the origins of their business and how it came to be. We'll be exploring the future of physiotherapy, as well as the importance of community and treatment programs, particularly when it comes to men's health. Team Health Tech making it happen. Let's go. Welcome to Talking Health Tech with Peter Birch, a podcast featuring conversations with key players and influencers to promote innovation and collaboration for better healthcare enabled by technology. With me today is Eric Leckie. He's the co-founder of Online Prostate Physiotherapy, a telehealth clinic treating men affected by prostate cancer. He holds a doctorate in physiotherapy and completed a postgraduate training in male pelvic floor physiotherapy. He's a member of the Australian Physiotherapy Association Telehealth Advisory Committee, where he aims to help implement telehealth initiatives across Australia. Hey, Eric, how are you going? I'm doing well, Pete. Thank you for having me. No worries. Hey, we're going to explore some really interesting topics and some important ones, particularly for men, and really keen to explore how you're delivering health services in a way that's obviously become quite prevalent in 2020 across the globe, being telehealth. So let's set the foundations firstly and get to know a little bit more about yourself. Tell us about Eric Leckie. Who are you? All right. I am Canadian and I am a men's health physio, having studied here in Melbourne, Australia, and that's currently where I'm living. Yeah, so that's where I currently reside and where I practice and help run the business out of and that's about it. Yeah, and so what's your background? You're a physio. Yeah, that's correct. Physio by trade and then delve deeper into the men's health side of things and that's kind of where this idea blossomed from. Yeah, and tell us about this idea, online prostate physio. What's that business? Absolutely. So, a very good friend of mine, Travis Monk, and I came up with the idea after we spent a good deal of time with a men's health community here in Melbourne. And then we both actually went out and did a rural placement out in Marysborough here in regional Victoria, where we realized that men in more rural and regional areas of Australia, just the lack of healthcare they have access to and the detriment that this has to their health and their lives. And that's when we realized that as we were graduating as physiotherapists, we wanted to make a difference and delve into an area that would provide them greater access. And with Travis and I both having a passion for men's health from both our own personal experiences with our dads and having that community men's health experience, we decided to form online prostate physiotherapy. So we are a telehealth physiotherapy service that helps treat men affected by prostate cancer through video consultations all over Australia. Hmm. So whether a man is preparing to go in for a prostate removal surgery whether they are recovering from a prostate removal surgery, or if they are managing on active surveillance, we have programs that can help them anywhere across Australia without them having to leave their home. Yeah, got it. And so it sounds like a lot of what you can do then can be delivered via telehealth. It's not something that needs to be done in a physical face-to-face clinic. Exactly. And that's our reason for choosing prostate cancer is we did a lot of research into some niche within men's health that didn't necessarily need hands-on care to be proven effective. And the greatest amount of literature was supporting prostate cancer through verbal coaching, video consultations, and teaching men 
one, how to take better control of their lifestyle factors. And two, probably the most important factor was teaching men how to do and control their pelvic floor and how to strengthen that over video. Yeah. And I was going to say, so for those not clinically minded and just trying to put the two together, you know, when thinking about prostate and physiotherapy, why are the two really important to go together? Yeah, it's a great question. There's actually a lot that goes into men's health physiotherapy, especially when someone's affected by prostate cancer. So for example, when someone gets their prostate removed, they are all of a sudden thrown into this world where they're likely to experience side effects such as urinary incontinence, where they're leaking, where they once they previously weren't. A big side effect as well is erectile dysfunction side of things. And then with those two side effects, naturally comes the decline in mental health for a short period as they're recovering. And oftentimes what we've noticed previously is a lot of the focus is on saving that man's life and that's the urologist's job and his medical team. But afterwards, it's helping these men pick up the pieces and really helping them get back to where they were previously and learning how to move on with their lives in mend relationships and really just looking after their own mental health and physical health as well. That's interesting because there's so much that's connected around mental health. And when you think of physio, it's not the first thing that you would kind of put together, but it sounds like a really important piece of the picture when it comes to those affected by prostate cancer. It's massive. And what we found has worked really well for us in the past two years of operating is Travis and I are the physiotherapists. And so we're men helping other men. And we just find that we're able to build that trust and that connection a lot faster than potentially going to see a female physio. And that's some of the feedback that we've gotten. And we know heaps of really, really good female men's health and women's health physios. But that's kind of where we separate. It's men helping men. And uh, that's what we really pride ourselves on. No, excellent. Just as a side note, I can tell you've been in Australia for a while because a Canadian saying heaps just sounds really weird. So, it's a very Australian term. I don't want to lose that. (laughs) No, no, that's good. Good on you. You're assimilating. That's nice. It builds trust and awareness. It's good. (laughs) No, no, excellent. And so, just to build on that then, so we talked about the reasons why telehealth. What does that actually look like for someone that utilizes your services? Is it a video call that they have a consultation with you and that's it? How does that all work? Yeah, absolutely. It's funny because I've been thinking about that a lot recently as well, that whole term telehealth. And with this demographic of men that Trav and I treat, a lot of them come on expecting a phone call, tele being a phone, and that never dawned on me. But yes, all of our consultations are video consults. So when a guy comes across our website or is referred to us by another health professional, we encourage everyone to do a free initial assessment. And it'd be similar style to what we're doing right now, where we have a 20 to 30 minute chat about some of the issues that they're currently experiencing. And then I'm able to field them to make sure that they would be an appropriate candidate for online video consultation care. So it doesn't work for everyone, but the men that are typically more literate in technology and have a really good understanding how to use their computer and their webcam, some of the things that we take for granted, it works really, really well. And then we offer two treatment programs. Essentially, one is strictly hands-off approach where it's more of a check-in to make sure that they're doing all the proper things after having that prostate removed or all the correct things in preparation for that surgery. And it's more education material-led. And we use a platform called PhysiTrack where it allows SMS messaging 24-7. We have uploaded all of our own videos. We have created all of our own educational content as well to provide coaching from afar. And then our second plan, and probably our most popular one, is kind of like the pro package, for lack of a better term, 
And that's the one where we take from A to Z through everything that this guy needs to know, whether they're preparing or recovering. It's more of a coaching style. So we catch up once a week over a period of six weeks over video, and we are available by SMS messaging through that app pretty much 24-7, just really tailoring the approach to what that individual needs. Nice. Yeah, it's definitely much more than just the telephone or video consultation that occurs, then utilizing some technology to be able to, you know, exercise prescription apps like PhysiTrack and others. I know we interviewed Henrik, the founder from PhysiTrack back in episode 58, I think it was. So yeah, it's great to see some of the use of tech to be able to solve some problems for the right types of patients that are accepting of it. And you mentioned, I think, early on in the conversation that this was something that spawned out of what was the pre-COVID reason for telehealth in Australia, which was the fact we've got such a big lot of land, but not a great deal of people. Like, so the the regional and remote areas of the country are affected. So I guess the obligatory COVID question for your business that was established pre-COVID and then where we are at now with everything that's happened with telehealth, how has things changed for you and are they for better, worse or indifferent? Yeah, it's a really good question. I believe that COVID really put us on the map because what it did was it took this generation of men and it got them used to having video or primarily phone consultations with their doctor. So when they were being referred to us, because a lot of the elective surgeries were placed on hold, especially here in Melbourne during our big lockdown, that's when Trav and I saw a big spike in people wanting free assessments in signing up to our service, either in preparation for their surgery or to just really sort out the aftermath. It was a bit of a blessing for us. Uh, I know it, it affected a lot of people, but in terms of the business, uh, I think it, we were able to help a lot of men because it's getting that older demographic across that barrier of, oh, okay, I can see a health professional on my computer and I can get similar, if not better results than having to drive into a physio that's closed at the moment. Uh, a lot of places had to shut down for a short period of time. So it definitely helped us and it was a blessing in disguise because before COVID, that's when the APA's telehealth advisory committee was formed and Travis and I were asked to sit on it. And a lot of our roundtable discussions were how can we make telehealth more prominent in Australia to bridge that gap, to reach more Australians. And as I mentioned earlier, that was mine and Travis's main goal behind starting this. And then literally, we went away, we discussed a bunch of research topics and proposals. And two months later, COVID hit and it put telehealth essentially on the map here in Australia as well. And essentially, all of our problems were solved where we received funding from the government. And yeah, it, it was a bit of a blessing in terms of telehealth, in terms of our business for helping men that were put on hold. I see as well, like, and you mentioned before, the concept of community is really important for what you guys do and also for the ongoing treatment and recovery for patients and particularly men. Tell us a bit more about the concept of community around men's health and why that's important. It's a very important topic and I'm glad you brought it up because it's something that we've really struggled to tap into. And I, I keep bringing up the generation of men that we deal with and I think it's important to touch on that. So the average male with prostate cancer is going to be over that 65, 70 age group. Without trying to generalize too much, technology isn't, most of them aren't all that comfortable with it. So trying to create that sense of community where they feel safe to open up about some of the issues that they have spent the past 65 years never having to worry about where they haven't had to deal with erectile dysfunction, urinary incontinence, their mental health for the most part has been pretty good. They haven't had to deal with many other major life-changing events such as prostate cancer. So what we really focused on was all the men that we interact with through our through our physio clinic, we then funnel them into our private Facebook group. 
and it gives them a chance to open up and chat to other men that have had similar situations and similar stories to them without actually ever having to leave their own homes. So Trav and I, uh, we're really big fans of a lot of the prostate cancer support groups around here. But the issue with that during COVID is a lot of those were shut down because you couldn't drive in to go see them. So what we've noticed is our online community has grown as well because not only can they receive care from the comfort of their own homes through men, through and being treated by men, they can also interact with other men in a private Facebook group setting where they can ask questions that these other men have more experience than I do. I've never experienced prostate cancer. So we've found that it's just been, it's been such a, a valuable, valuable tool in just creating this environment where men are able to open up. They're able to bring their partners into the, the equation as well. And that's probably where we've seen the most growth. If these <laughs> men do have a partner, what we found is that for a lot of men, again, generalizing in that age group, don't enjoy going to see a doctor, a physio, and just healthcare. And then when they go through this experience and they experience some of these side effects, such as the erectile dysfunction, a lot of these guys grow pretty bitter towards their situation just out of embarrassment and not knowing where to go and they don't want to open up. And we have found that you know, working really hard towards creating this community and then being able to chat with other men that have had similar situations and experiences, but then also learn the tools to go back to their partner and realize that they're just there to help. It just creates this really, really strong environment where they're just able to get better and just move on with their life. And it's interesting too that your probably main demographic, like the older guys, are probably the ones that are, like you suggested, the least likely and, and keen to open up in types of forums, which is probably really important in terms of group learning and growth and understanding they're not isolated and all that kind of stuff. So it must be a tough nut to crack sometimes to be able to get some of these guys to open up, like feeling comfortable that have a safe place to be able to open up and have those conversations in a group setting. Yeah, absolutely. And especially Trav and I, we're 26, we're the same age, especially getting that older demographic used to seeing someone that is quite a bit younger than them that hasn't experienced prostate cancer. Not that you have to as a health professional, but taking that health advice and then realizing that they're not alone and then implement that and really buy into this video consultation that, hey, this is healthcare and I'm going to receive good outcomes. Uh, it's been a huge challenge, but it's probably been the most rewarding challenge we've embarked on because it's so important. Like you said, Australia is very, very vast and there's a lot of men living in those regional rural settings. And if they're not opening up to us, they're probably not opening up to anyone. So it just makes that mission that much more important to really spread the word that you can get really, really good results from the comfort of your own home for certain conditions and cases. And so thinking about physiotherapy, the industry more generally, how's that moving towards in the future? What's physio going to look like in 2021 and beyond? It's, it's a good question. One of the things that I should bring up on that is through one of our round table discussions, one of the researchers, I'm pretty sure it was Kim Burnell on the APA Telehealth Advisory Committee, what they found through their research was that the uptake with telehealth was tremendous throughout COVID. It was really, really positive. But then as soon as uh, cities started opening back up and the government allowed clinics to reopen, generally people were straight off it and right back into their normal physio, their normal doctor's office, which we found really interesting. So, you know, that sustainability of that telehealth, it wasn't what we expected. But what I think is a really positive note to take from that and where I think telehealth and physiotherapy stand in 2021 is you're going to see a lot more niche clinics like ours, such as like online prostate physiotherapy, where people find a niche that 
doesn't necessarily require hands-on treatment. Like women's health is such a big area and there's so many good little hyper niches someone could focus on in that and deliver that effectively through telehealth. And then as physiotherapy as a whole, I think we're going to see a lot more hybrid solutions such as the first meet and greet as a physio clinic is going to be in person and then subsequent physio visits might be online, whether or not everything's are ever so changing with this COVID situation. So I think hybrid models are going to be a lot more prevalent in 2021 as well. And it opens up good opportunities, not just for the patients as well, to have some flexibility and different tools at their disposal, but also for the, the healthcare providers, I think, too. You know, being able to sit on your back porch and drink a sarsaparilla and provide a teleconsult or something can Absolutely. be appealing and at the same time as being able to help people and make meaningful differences. So that's going to be interesting to see how the entire health industry develops and utilizes those tools. But it's interesting that you noted as people started to swing back and go back to normal, it's funny to see in different areas of the country and in different services how much is going to stick with telehealth and how much is going to swing back to face-to-face. But I agree with you, the hybrid model is definitely something that's here to stay. What's going to stop us from getting to that point though? You know, we, we alluded to a little bit in that conversation then, but what are some of the obstacles facing physiotherapy in the digital age? It's a very, like by definition, it's a pretty physical kind of like in-person thing that some people who are not too familiar with what can be done via telehealth for physio were like, well, how can you do physio by telehealth? That seems like one obvious thing, but what else would be a barrier? Yeah, it's a great question. Trav and I had the pleasure of sitting in an APRA meeting where there was a room full of other health professionals and researchers and we were discussing some of these issues. And the agenda of the meeting was to discuss my health record, which is a digital form of keeping everyone's record online. Because one of the biggest challenges that Travis and I face when we're being referred to by urologists and other men's health professionals is just the lack of secure messaging and a platform to go about that secured messaging on. So I think when you're going to get a an uptick in hybrid approaches, that's one area that is a big barrier of the traditional call the doctor's office, speak to the doctor or the urologist or wait for an email or wait for a letter. <laughs> I think mm. there's a lot of room uh, in the tech side of things and I'm really hoping my health record comes out to solve a lot of those problems and allows a platform for secure messaging across all disciplines of health to collaborate on and just create that multidisciplinary approach that we rely on a lot at online prostate physiotherapy. I should have brought this up in the community question that you asked me, but one thing that I wanted to mention that's been so beneficial to us that also relates to this question is we use men's health professionals across different areas, such as bloke psychology for the mental health side of things. So men helping men with the psychology side. And then we also have our friends over at Men's Health Down Under, Brad and Tim, and they take care of the men's health pharmaceutical side of things. So we've created this ecosystem of other men's health professionals where we're able to deliver this, what I think is a really, really great multidisciplinary approach to these men's care. And where our relationship lacks is just that secure messaging to share notes, to share referral requests and things like that. And yeah, I'm excited to see what 2021 brings in terms of the tech in rolling that out. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of vendors that are trying to speak to that issue. And it's a common theme that comes up around the lack of interoperability and systems and what's missing in the My Health record. And I know that on the pipeline for strategy for Amanda, the new CEO for the ADHA, in terms of reforms for My Health record, potentially there'll be some opportunities that exist from the, that come out of that. So we'll, it'd be interesting to see, but I'm sure there are some vendors that do check out this show that would be able to find some solutions for that 
particular issue. So that's exciting times. And then lastly, just thinking about what's on the horizon for you guys, in particular online prostate physiotherapy. It's been a bit of a bumper past kind of 12 and something months for you in particular. What's on the horizon? What's in the future? Yeah, that is the that is the million dollar question. So Trav and I had our 2021 planning session the other day. And I think what we're really going to dive into and focus on is just building and refining our systems to just deliver the best quality services possible. And with the technology and platforms being offered, getting better and better, just creating that that smooth transition and linking all of those tech interfaces together, especially for this older demographic of men, is going to be our number one priority. And then just going through and reflecting on what worked, what didn't work, and refining that. And then thirdly, something that we've got the most enjoyment out of as well is just that cross-referral from other men's health professionals and really investing into a lot of men's health communities across Australia and letting them know that there's really great healthcare opportunities that exist such as ours in online psychology services, online pharmacy services, and if location's a barrier, just educating men that there's other options available that are going to provide the same, if not better, approach to care. So, it's just going to be a big building year, try to provide a lot more value and just try to expand our reach a little bit more. I wish you all the best with all of that. I mean, it's a fantastic offering that you're providing to a group that's definitely in need, but also a difficult group to win over in terms of men, older men and healthcare. So I I do wish you all the best in doing that and all the success. I'm going to put the details of online prostate physio in the details of this episode in the show notes on the website, and you can check out more information from what's going on there. If you know of anyone that would benefit from from services, get in touch, have a chat with Eric and the team, and they'll be able to help you out. But look, thank you so much for joining, Eric. And uh, all the best for 2021. Thank you, Peter. Same to you. Thanks for listening to the show. Check out talkinghealthtech.com to connect with other people in our community and to learn more about the Australian health tech industry. Also, make sure you hit subscribe on your favourite podcast player so you don't miss an episode and share this episode with a few people who need to hear it. Now go make it happen. <laughs>